It's time for another edition of Bisexual Brunch with Ashley Byrne, Lewis Oakley and Nikki Hodgson. This episode includes not one, but two bisexual personal journey stories. And of course, a challenging Ask a Bisexual question to round off the show. If nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, then we would be living in a totally different format. We as journalists and activists have always found it very difficult to find people who will openly talk about being bisexual. Just don't think there are enough bi perspectives on bi issues. I feel like we've got to talk about it because we're really comfortable doing that. It can be really intimidating. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have biphobic tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. Oh, well, you, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. I've always found myself at the mercy of gay and straight advice. You can have a bit of competition to see who's the better bisexual bruncher. This is Bisexual Brunch. So a new year, a new bisexual brunch, and yes, a new set of statistics. What's so important about all these statistics, I hear you ask? Well, it seems quite a bit because... We've been constantly talking about them, it seems, for the past few editions of Bisexual Brunch. I think the last three editions, the headlines on Bisexual Brunch have all been about stats. Uh, The others were surveys. This one, though, is the first piece of official data from the Office of National Statistics here in the UK. But the figures relate only to England and Wales. They don't cover Scotland and Northern Ireland. So they are a snapshot, but still don't give us the full picture of bisexual prevalence across Great Britain and Northern Ireland. But they do give us an idea of the way the wind is blowing. For people listening outside of the UK, the figures relate to what we call here a census, which is carried out every 10 years, usually in the first year of the decade. So 1971, 81, 91 and so on. And these stats relate to 2021, 2021. Before we look at the figures and dig deep, which I know Lewis is poised to do, ready, he's there ready with all his, he's been doing his number crunching across the week. <laughs> Let's go over to Nikki first, who's going to tell us a little bit more about what a census is for people who may be listening outside the UK, might not know what a census is in, in the UK sense. Nikki. Yeah, so our census is really an opportunity for the government to take stock of the psyche of the nation I suppose and and some and it and establishes a lot of basic facts How, uh, where are you living who are you living with what's your income you know all those kinds of questions there are lots of questions that you don't have to answer I think this is important to state um on the census so sometimes this can be a bit frustrating because you get a category of people that decide just not to answer a question and I think we're going to come on to that actually Ash, aren't we because some people did that with the sexual orientation questions um but What's so important about this census is it's the first time it's asked this kind of stuff about sexual orientation. Historically, it was always about the person who was in inverted commas, the head of the household, sort of filling in the form, wasn't it? That was always what it was. I mean, individuals answer it now if they're over 18. It used to be one person answering for the whole of the family. And obviously, traditionally, that would tend to be a man. Yeah. So there was a lot of there was a lot of skew on the data collected. But now it's every adult in a household. So whether we, whether there's any, we'll discuss this in a second, but whether there's been any skew in terms of sexuality, I mean, I suppose, I mean, obviously this is the first time it's been asked, isn't it, the sexuality thing? So whether or not some people, you know, because because families, even though you might do it yourself, families will discuss it, won't they, together? So some people might not feel completely one hundred percent open about being, you know, revealing everything, might they? So we've got it, we've got it, we've got to factor these things in, haven't we, when we talk about this in a way. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I did my census online. I don't know how you did it. I did but it I think, online as well, I think, yeah. yeah. I think the online aspect is making it easier for people to be honest and also discreet about what they want to say. So I would hazard that the information we're now collecting, the data we're collecting, is probably more accurate than it was 10 years ago Yeah, on that ab- basis. Absolutely. Although, apparently, there were a certain amount of people who didn't answer the questions around sexuality. I think it was about 7.5%. And quite a lot of people didn't answer the, the questions around um uh, gender identity as well but we'll we'll, yeah. we'll look at that lewis then so what what are the headlines then what are the headlines around bisexuality and sexuality generally well would you like to know how many bisexuals there officially are in the uk go on then according to the census um so we are 1.3 percent of the population in england and wales so that's um 624,000 of us recorded I guess you could say. Um, First gripe with this data, because I've got to tell you the next stat, um, is obviously that they chose to put gay and lesbian as one thing. So to add them up and not tell you how many gay people there were versus how many lesbians. So they added it all together as one stat, which I thought was was quite odd. So for gay and lesbian people, they are 1.54. So... counts for slightly higher than than bisexual people. And then pansexual people with 0.23%. I basically did some maths on this, and I just thought it was so odd that it was like, okay, so you've added gay and lesbian together. I, being a conspiracy theorist with a tinfoil hat on, would say, well, that's just because you didn't want them to not seem the biggest majority. You obviously wanted, like, bisexuality in itself would have been the biggest majority. So you thought, you know what, we'll add gay and lesbians together to make it the majority. Would be my conspiracy theory, maybe I'm wrong. And I have emailed the people at Census to be like, why did you do this? I I get their answer will be, oh, well, it's because, you know, it's about monosexuality. Gay and lesbian people are only attracted to one gender, which is the same as theirs. Or they'll say something along those lines. It's like, but there's a similarity. It's like, but that then you could say, well, bisexuality and pansexuality are are pretty similar. They're both under the bi umbrella. It's both about attractions to more than one gender. Why would you add the not add those to it, but then add these ones? It's just odd. So that is a gripe. But there is way more to unpack in this data than than just what I'm saying. I don't know how you guys want to tackle this because one thing I do want to do is run through what I kind of thought the data would be. And maybe we should kind of do that first. So, Ash and Nikki, do, do you think that data-wise, do, do you think this is what you were kind of expecting? Like, this is how many bi people there are in the UK? Or were you expecting different figures? And I'll tell you what I was expecting and why. I think I was expecting, uh, given the fact that we've had various surveys recently, which have shown a fairly big increase in the prevalence of bisexuality, I was expecting a sharper figure actually i was probably expecting it to be possibly across the all the uk higher than uh, lesbian and gay because that's what's been showing up in uh, surveys in america and in the uk that's what i thought um so i was a little bit sort of um yeah i, was, I, I don't know i mean and also the other thing is you know again another caveat this is not the whole of the uk we've still not got scotland and northern ireland in there yet either so, you know, you, you have to think about these things. So what about you, Nikki? What do you think? I was a bit disappointed that so many people had chosen not to answer it. And when I say disappointed, not from the perspective of thinking that they did the wrong thing, because obviously everybody is comfortable 
with disclosing information in different ways. And some people just aren't and some people aren't out. And there's a load of reasons why you wouldn't want to say what you are. But I, I was frustrated because I was like, oh, I want, but I wonder what that count represents. Do you know what I mean? Is it like lots of people with um, maybe conflicting sexual sexual orientations? Is it people that aren't set in a sexual orientation? Is it people that are just afraid the government's going to use that information for nefarious purposes? I don't know. I'm just, I'd, be, I'd be curious to know why they chose not to answer. Well, somebody, several people actually did say to us on uh, in response to, uh, I think Lewis putting a, a tweet out and Bisexual Brunch as a whole putting a tweet out as well about the stats. A couple of people did come back to us, a few people came back to us and said that they felt that... Um, the the fluidity wasn't represented the fact that actually people do feel fair you know there are people who feel um that their sexuality is is fluid and there wasn't really a place to put that and express that in any way shape or form so whether they decided not to bother or just put other or whatever um that you know that again that might be be you know muddy in the waters a little bit yeah yeah maybe i mean you think that i think when it's a, it's to do with uh, your disposition, isn't it, as well, how you answer a survey. So some people who are very agreeable, like me, if you're given only a few answers but none of them is quite right, you'll probably still try and force yourself into one of the boxes. Whereas if you're quite obstreperous and, I don't know, more set in your ways, you're just going to be like, I'm not answering that because that's all wrong. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I think in terms of total numbers, it was probably what I was roughly expecting, actually. Because, you know what self-reporting versus research always generates different results yeah I think um I agree I think for me it was um I gotta be honest like it was a bit of a a bit of a wake-up number and I kind of like I spent yesterday going back through all of the statistics that I've been looking at as like what I how many people I thought it was and what I will say is in fairness the Office for National Statistics that kind of runs the census in 2016, and they must have done this with a survey, but they were putting the number around um, 334,000 people in the UK, which is obviously lower than, than, than what it ended up being. But it was like, oh, actually, they were always doing low estimates. But if I just kind of run you through, like, where what all the other stuff was was so there was a stonewall rain rainbow report i think we discussed that well we definitely discussed that on bisexual brunch at tail end of last year so that had five percent of the british public being bisexual and one percent being um pansexual and then of course the biggest takeout on that one was that gen z 10 percent of them were saying that they were bisexual um there was yougov um in I think it was 2016 when they did that um, piece where they looked at 18 to 24 year olds and they were like finding like one in six were identifying as bisexual. Um, there was Euroclinks. I, I don't even know what that is, but they did a massive survey that got reported quite widely and they found 7% um, of the UK were identifying as bisexual. And then just to run through some more, there was a there was a poll done by the Sun newspaper that got a lot of traction. That was the one where they found Wales was the capital of Britain. And they found that 8% of people um, were saying that they were attracted to um, more than one gender. And then there was a, a British GQ poll where, tw- where 11% of men um, aged between 16 and 24 said that they would consider sexual orientation, uh, their sexual orientation to be bisexual. There's a load. I won't go through all of them because I'm the only one that probably finds this that interesting. But um, that, like, f- from my perspective, I did expect it to be higher. 
And then you kind of like, I don't know about you guys, and I want to be honest, because this is our podcast. Like, what I love about this podcast more than more than any of the other work I do on bisexuality is I don't have to have all the answers. That's the point of there being three of us. That's the point of us having listeners that, like, can message in and tell us stuff. Like, I, like, looked at those figures and I didn't really know what to think about it at first. I was a bit lost. I was a bit like, okay, well, this kind of seems low, um, like, in numbers. And when you kind of, like, when you're living and breathing bisexuality every day like you are, then... I feel like there was there was definitely, and I saw this online a bit, there was definitely a thing to be like, well, don't forget loads of people didn't answer the question, and don't forget loads of people, like, this and that, and it, all, all of a sudden it was like, well, it's probably higher anyway, which of course it is higher, but it's still quite a low figure, and I was just kind of, like, trying to contemplate, well, what does that mean if it is such a low figure? I mean, one first thing it made me feel was like, my God, I think we do some good work, you know? Like, because if it is, like, a, a lower figure, it's like, no wonder, like, like, so many of our pitches get rejected all the time and there we are like trying to kick down the door and scratch our way through the window to talk about this stuff um I think you know it's one of those things where I just want to know what you guys like kind of take from it I'm somewhere I think where it's like there are loads of factors right so there's factors where it's like okay well how many people felt uncomfortable and aren't out so they would have just said straight or gay so that's you know you have to factor in those people How many people, and I was looking at other research, um, actually, sorry, I know I'm taking up all the time here, but I'm just going to go through some other research that I thought was quite interesting to bring up. Um, So, there was a survey that was conducted, and they found that 19% of straight men had basically given a blowjob to another guy, and 23% of straight women um, had given oral sex to other women. Um, there was an Anne Summers poll that found that 90% of people have experienced bisexual or bi-curious feelings, and 80% say they've acted on them in some form. Um, and if you look at the porn use, so 23% of the time straight men watch gay porn, and 39% of the time self-identifying straight females choose to watch gay porn so basically i'm not gonna go through all those again because we'll be here forever because i've got so many like saved but what i mean is there are some people that will probably have bisexual behaviors but will never identify as bisexual anyway and so does that change the way that we should be campaigning and you know i i guess it doesn't really change anything fundamentally as in well we're not gonna suddenly be like oh you know what it's a small number like don't worry about it but it's about kind of being like, well, how do we, how do we, does this change how we phrase our arguments? So is it about more, we're not, it's not so much we're just normalising bisexuality, we're normalising that attractions are fluid and they, and they shift. And I don't know, I'm a bit lost as like, well, what do we kind of do off the back of these numbers? I think the issue... What do you guys think? I think the issue fundamentally is still that bisexuality is not, largely on the radar in any way shape or form and there are, we get this don't we from people who contact us on bisexual brunch not just around the world and in place some places where they can't talk about sexuality at all even in britain you get people contacting us in america contacting us and saying i didn't realize i was bisexual until i listened to your program i mean this is what i mean mm. you know there's loads of people out there who might not even think of themselves as potentially bisexual um, they've ended up in relationships, gay or straight or whatever it is, over a long period of time, and they just 
they go for the default because they don't really they've not really had time to think about it or you, you know you know what I mean I think I think there's more to it I, I think I think the fact that bisexuality is isn't really on the radar properly has a huge impact on these figures and will continue to do so and what's disappointing to me more than anything about the um publicity around these figures is that the the stories which we'll come on to in a minute where there is actually a story to say about bisexuality has been hidden it's been it's been you know disguised yet again in a whole thing put, putting everybody together with lg lgb and t or whatever and we don't get the the prevalence of the conversation about you don't get a conversation about bisexuality at all uh, which i think is we, we think is a shame and if as long as that continues we'll continue with with this with with, with, that, with this happening but what is interesting is this is the first time this has happened so there is a marker there now you know there is a a huge number compared to uh, gay and lesbian people who are actually bisexual i bet a lot of lesbian gay people were quite surprised that there were so many people out there who were were happy to declare themselves as bisexual I bet a lot of people in the in gay circles, chattering gay circles, were very surprised about this. Uh, if we, you know, if we got, oh, yeah. if we had a chance to talk to them about it, I bet they were really quite shocked, actually. So um, I Nicky, think, what? so I think we're moving in the right direction, but I think there's we've we've got a lot more to do. Uh, uh, you know, we have to carry on doing what we're doing, which is keep shouting about bisexuality until everyone's bored. Oh, about yeah, I wasn't it, talking really. about retiring, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was not talking about retiring. I'm still going for it. Nikki, what do you Nikki, think? What did you think though? Like, did did those like numbers? Did it make you think like, do we need to approach this different? Um, like, was it just I, I just think that everyone's closeted and that's it, or was it just like, no, this is a small number that's a minority for a reason? Like, I just, I just, I wasn't sure what to take from it in that first instance. I just thought context was everything because you're asking people to self-report on a survey that officially comes from the government. You know, it's like the most national survey you can take part in, the most official document you can scroll your sexuality on. And that's why I think the census will always record a lower number than any other survey probably because it's just so official and that's very frightening for lots of people. So that's mm. my that's my feeling about it. And I think about that from a journalistic point of view of looking at lots of different kinds of surveys that come from lots of different sources lots of the time. This this is always going to be the most difficult place for someone to admit they're bisexual, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And 7.5% of people not answering the sexuality question, 7.5% of the population, that's quite a big number of people, isn't it, really, to be fair? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's quite telling, again, if you've got that many people omitting the question that tells you something about how uh you know how conservative some people feel about it how how the need for privacy some people have about it so yeah i i'm not i'm not i wasn't worried or startled by it it didn't make me think we were doing anything wrong it just made me think oh yeah that's because it's just so difficult to say we're literally level pegging with like gay and bisexual people so that i mean that's a big one that's kind of like well that opens up a massive conversation that we'll get into but on the kind of like the numbers in general, I don't know. I just still don't know how I feel about it. I just think, um, I think it's now more about like, oh my God, like it's about empowering other bisexual people. Because if you do like, it's, if it's so few people, like no wonder like isolation is a big thing for bisexual people. No wonder we struggle to meet each other and get on. And if there's only five bisexuals in your town, and you hate four of them, like, you're done for. So I just think, I'm glad we're doing this podcast. I'm glad we're doing all the stuff that we do. So I'm like, actually, I think, like, 
There's so there's, there's just so few opportunities to kind of empower by people it, at the moment. It needs a lot more. There needs to be a lot more research on 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 sexuality as a whole. There needs to be a lot more mm. questioning of 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 men generally and about how they see their sexuality. Uh, you know, not necessarily labeling them as bi or pan or straight or gay or whatever. Just working out their you know, and same with women. I think that we need to do a lot more research because, um, I, you know, I, I've said many times. I think these figures are are the sort of the tip of the iceberg, but I think they are they are going in an interesting direction. And um, we'll talk in a minute about the whole area of um, funding and where it should go and all that kind of thing. Because I think uh, the, the, if you if you narrow down the statistics and look a little bit deeper into the different areas around the country where. Uh, the prevalence of bisexuality versus the prevalence of lesbian and gay people. It's really, really interesting. But before we do that, just to, I noticed we got a few people contacting us um, on on Twitter and just want to mention a few of them, uh, their comments on, on these um, statistics. Sheena contacted us and said, firstly, I think it's probably higher in reality. But as you know, bi people are less likely to be out. And secondly, think, think, I think in 10 years' time, it's going to rocket as those under 16 at the time of the census aren't counted and Jed Z are much more likely to identify as bi and pan. I think that's an interesting point. Um, however, I also think there's an interesting point at the other end where people are still hidden and aren't saying anything and we need to find a way of helping the older generations open up about their sexual histories if we can at some point. Jeff says, obvious limitations in the data, but I'm now interested in how the census data will be used to make decisions about funding, services and representation, <clears throat> and making sure decisions makers know the limitations and don't keep selling us short as a result. And then Marty says, I was pretty surprised to see that over 600,000 people had responded to the census as bisexual, and it made me a bit proud too, she says. Um, I think a lot of people do not identify as bi, though, um, and as, as people have said in previous threads. So that's just three response, responses there from different people. So all thinking similar lines to us, I think. Um, let's have a look then a little bit at the stats from around the country. So we have this headline of 1.3% um, bisexual um, across, the, across England and Wales. We must underline that. This is not Scotland or Northern Ireland. It's not the whole of the UK yet. Um, 1.3% and 1.5% was it for for, um, lesbian and gay? Yeah. Right, okay, so that's the headline figure. So, but if you narrow it down and go into a few different places around the country, um, there is actually a bigger prevalence of bisexuality in some quite significant places. I mean, every place is significant, but interesting places. So, for example, in the sense that there may be a trend here, and what I'm trying to say is there may be a story here which the mainstream media have completely missed. Um, not surprising, we know they've often missed, missed these things. But um, um, look, let's look at Cambridge. Right, Cambridge. The uh, prevalence of bisexuality in Cambridge was 3.82 percent, compared to 2.74 percent for lesbian and gay, and pan was 0.44 percent. So. Ahead in Cambridge, Oxford. Oxford, we've got three point six two percent by two point three seven percent lesbian and gay, and pan zero point five four percent. So pan and bi together, they're way ahead in Oxford. York, bisexual, two point eight five percent compared to two point zero four percent for lesbian and gay, 
and PAN 0.35%. Bristol, 3.08% for bi, 2.02% for lesbian and gay, 0.49% for uh, pansexual. Exeter, 2.75% for um, bisexual, 1.93% for gay, 0.37% for pansexual. Reading, 1.97% for bisexual, 1.62% lesbian and gay, 0.41% for pan. Leeds, bisexual, 1.9%, 1.86% for um, gay and lesbian, 0.31% for pansexual. An interesting one, Wales, middle part of Wales on the um, western side, Ceridigan, which includes includes Aberystwyth. Uh, You've got 2.63% for bisexual, 1.53% for lesbian and gay, 0.37% for uh, pansexual. Other areas where bisexuality was ahead, way ahead, Lancaster um, was way ahead. Uh, We've got Derby way ahead, Ipswich way ahead. Um, Quite a few places uh, which are sort of university city type of places, I think mainly, which seems to show bisexuality way ahead. uh, Gwynedd in Wales, that was way ahead as well for bisexuality. And a few other places like um, Barking and Dagenham, uh, bisexuality was ahead. Redbridge in Essex, bisexuality was ahead. Newcastle, uh, bisexuality was ahead again there. Southampton, way ahead there, bisexuality. Portsmouth, way ahead. Leicester's ahead for bi and significantly ahead if you add in pan as well. Sheffield, the same, ahead for bisexual, but significantly ahead if you add pan in too. Lincoln, it's 3.42% for bi, 0.14% for pan, and just 1.12% for gay and lesbian. In Bath and North East Somerset, it's 2.03% bi, 0.25% pan, and 1.52% gay. So again, significantly ahead there. Nottingham, 2.55% bi, 0.34% pan, 1.8% gay and lesbian. Uh, And honing in on Norwich, big figure there, 3.89% bi, 0.55% pan, and 2.5% gay. So there are significant bisexual populations in, in some of our big cities and towns. And a few more here. Colchester is higher for people identifying as bi rather than gay. Luton is also slightly higher, more bi than gay, 1.02 bi and 0.35% pan compared to 0.82% gay. And look at a few LGBT hotspots where being bisexual is also high, but not quite as high as the LNG, but is in significant numbers. You won't be surprised to know that in Brighton, 5.83% of people identify as gay or lesbian, 3.79% as bisexual, 0.65% as pansexual. In Manchester, it's 3.34% as gay or lesbian, 2.69% as bisexual, and 0.42% as pansexual. In nearby Salford next door, it's 3.31% as gay or lesbian, 1.91% as bi and 0.3% as pan. And of course, there are significant bi and pan populations in the boroughs of London. But for what I could see, not many where being bi is leading in the capital. 
Oh, and let's not forget Cardiff, the Welsh capital. It's 2.42% gay there, 2.37% bisexual, 0.34% pan. So very close between gay and bisexual, but if you add bisexual and pan together, the bis and the pans are leading the gays. What place did you not mention? There? <laughs> did, you, did you not just do the whole map? Well, places like places like I mean, I looked at my hometown. I looked at my hometown. I looked at uh, uh, Nikki's hometown just to you know, double check what was happening there, and they were behind. You know, places like Doncaster and Wakefield. But yeah, um, it's interesting, isn't it, that across the whole of the country, some quite you know mainly cities, it seems, that have got a, a, a reasonable amount of people who are willing to actually express themselves as bisexual, which I think is. I think it's really heartening, actually. I noticed that most of those first ones were university towns. Yes. With, with good, with Russell Group universities, actually. Yes. And the Knox, and Oxbridge. So I thought that was significant. Um, but, you know, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's just university age people no, no. that are saying that. But we do know that, you know, a certain, we know that universities have a certain impact on what happens in towns. Yeah, so I think absolutely. that's quite standard. But there were some, yeah, there were some surprises there. And I think Cambridge is so significantly different. I would really love to know why. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? But mm. this begs the question, doesn't it? A, first of all, the mainstream media have completely missed that there's a story here. It's not been picked up at all, has it, really? That's quite an interesting story when you think about it. Uh, so that's not been picked up at all. Uh, but secondly, the next thing is, which I think is really important is the pressure that we now must put on our friends in the LGBT decision-making world um, mm. and others who look at funding and are campaigning for all those kind of things because there clearly are, you know, they might not all know each other, etc., but there clearly are some significant bisexual populations out there, Lewis. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is the thing. And I think that this is, whilst I have my own thoughts about the figures overall... The key takeout here and the bit of like, okay, well, this is your job, is is those figures that it's like there, there's like a couple of thousand people difference. And let's not forget, you had to add gay and bi, gay and lesbian people together. And as you just pointed out, Ash, that's not going to save them for long <laughs> because there's so many places where bisexuality is more prevalent. So it's about hold on. Obviously, the UK LGBT groups are not stupid. Not that I'm calling American ones stupid, but in America, it's a lot more transparent. Funders for LGBT Issues puts out a report every year that I can find, and they found that basically bisexuals receive about 1% of overall LGBT funds year on year. So if that's any indication to go by, and I think it probably is, because you can just look at any LGBT group and have a look at what, what they've been doing, and specific buy stuff you just will probably not find very much no offense to people that are working in those organizations that are doing some good by work but if you're not then fuck you um i it's an odd one i, th I think we just have to put the the, the pressure I've, i'm already working on a pitch at the moment which is about we talk about the pink pounds well what about the purple pounds um and you know are, are people that are looking to make money off of you know gay people missing a trick by not targeting bi people. Because once we become important to the economy, then, you know, it's cigars and croissants all around for all of us. Um, <laughs> so there is, a, there is an argument to be made there. And I think that that is about putting that pressure on and not letting them forget it. So I do think that is a bit of a job for all of us is, is kind of like, right, no, we won't have this anymore. We're not going to be told, oh, bisexuality, it's so rare. Like, it's, like, it's not that much rarer than you, um, gay man in, in control of this... 
organization or whatever it is so I think yeah I think we just have to go for it now um if there's one positive takeout from it it is that you had to add gay and lesbian people together to to be us not that it's a, a game well, they've also missed a trick here as well in the, in the sense that, well, when I say missed a trick, what I'm saying is that they're, 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 they're not giving us the full picture. And actually, it is, it, it is quite interesting to know how many people um, declare themselves as um, by men as opposed to by women. And I think if we got that narrowed down, we'd probably discover there are a lot more people willing to come out as by women than they are willing to come out as by men and that would tell you tell us another story really about how you know there are a lot of people out there who are by men who just aren't very comfortable about coming out at all and you know we've not we don't see yeah. that we don't see that in those figures and i think that's a shame because it'd be quite nice to well, understand that, is, that so the, there is a part two for anyone that's interested in this uk saga of stats there is a part two coming towards the end of january and from what i understand um, it'll, it'll, I think it will dive into age, um, but I think it will also dive into gender a little bit more. And I'm interested to see what, what that looks like, um, w- when we talk about gender. So will that, ge- will that then separate out gay and lesbian? Or, I, I don't really know exactly how that, that's going to look, but there might be a part two of this where you do get breakdowns based on gender of those things. Anyway, that was my take. Nikki, what did you think? On the whole, like, we're, like, bi people pretty much are equaling gay and lesbian people. So is it time we... Yeah, I mean, I think that I, that is... It's very obvious from the stats. Are people persuadable about it? Because I think people are just so set in their minds about what they know about LGBT people in general. And the conversation about who needs what rights has been commandeered for more than a decade, you know, by certain groups, mm. politicised groups... So it's going to be quite difficult. But yeah, I mean, we still need a bi revolution. Is now the time. We've got the numbers. We've got the army if we go to battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just. We just need to get the t shirts printed. Yeah, no, absolutely. We do. But, 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 but this is something I'm talking about in this article I'm writing. <laughs> like, where the fuck are the bi I mean, the, these, statistics, these statistics came out at an odd time. They came out when the media is going mad over Harry and all the rest of it. We knew we weren't going to get masses, masses of coverage on this, to be fair. But give, give it a bit of time. You know, journalists can actually dig a little bit deeper. We, I've dug a little bit deeper today without doing a great deal, massive, great, massive amount of work, to be honest. And there is another story there. And I find it very sad that, you know, that we're still, in a way, I feel as though we're 10 years behind when it comes to reporting stuff mm-hmm. around LGBT. It's like the news, like the other night on the BBC and on ITV was, uh, was, oh, there are one point whatever percent of people who are LGBT. It's like, it's like, yeah, we knew that to an extent a long time ago. And I, I know the statistics are, I know it's but the census is done differently than it was and all the rest of it. But, you know, we have moved on from that in a way. I think we already knew there was a reasonable amount of people who were LGBT across the country. You know what I mean? I felt as though I felt as though it was, I felt as though the journalists were being very lazy, and 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 you know, and we're underserved as a as a population in that sense. Not just bisexual people, but you know, the whole the whole the whole sort of rainbow community, as it were. Um, and I think that's quite sad in a way. Can I ask you guys like a stealth? like, naughty question that maybe we might have to edit out if you're like, Lewis, you can't say that. <laughs> this is just, like, a side thing. When I, like, obviously, like, when I was looking at these stats and I was, like, looking at the gay and lesbian, looking at the bisexual, the pansexual, trans, everything, like, everything that we're interested in, 
But then when I like stepped back again and looked at it, and it's like 89.37% of the population identify as straight, like 90% are straight. And I just looked at that and I was like, really? Like, and I know that's terrible. That's like questioning someone's sexuality, but I'm like, oh, like I, I just genuinely, and this, you might be like, yeah, but you're in your bi little world thinking everyone's like, you know, somewhere involved in the LGBT, but I just do find it a bit hard to believe that we're that much of a minority, that 90% of the UK is like full on heterosexual, never, never thought of anything else. Like, I do just find that odd, but maybe that's just me. No, I, but it's a political identity, isn't it? It's all about what people are pe- prepared to declare. It's not about what goes on in their minds and their bodies. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's not It's not black and white in any way, shape or form, really, in that sense. It's um, not that I'm a bad person, like, literally no. doing what we ask people not to do, like, being like, I don't believe your sexuality, but I'm no, just like, because... 90% of people are straight, really? Well, they're just, they're just not. not. Really? We know that they're just not. <laughs> we know that they're just not. You can go so... on, you can go on any, any dating site in this country, on a regular, you know, particularly uh, gay, inverted commas, dating sites or queer dating sites, and that you will find... And we're going to talk about this in a moment about the word bicurious. You'll find a lot of people on there who, who describe themselves as bicurious. You'll find even more who de- declare themselves as straight, and yet they're on there looking for some kind of relationship or sexual encounter with somebody of, of the same sex. So it's a very. So then I bring you back to the question I asked at the start. What, like, what, 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 what do we do? If people that are exhibiting bi behaviours don't really want to use a label or don't see it, is it just we don't, it doesn't matter, we'll just carry on doing what we're doing anyway, or should we try and reach reach out to these people? Or I, I don't I don't understand what the takeout is there. If they're if people are gonna be bisexual but say they're straight, is that just because there's stigma and the work we're doing will eventually eradicate the stigma in society? I'm not just talking about it's not like there's just us three doing this, but you know what you know what I'm talking about? Is it just eradicating the stigma? in society so more of those people feel comfortable and it won't feel like it's impacting their lives. Yeah, well the stigma's a big part of it and we know that because of young because of the age difference, right? Older people are less mm. likely to be out, younger people are more likely. So that's proof that through generations of education and campaigning, you can make people feel more comfortable with labels. But you will I think we'll always have to accept there's gonna be a certain quotient of uh you know there's going to always be a certain quota of people that are just not comfortable disclosing what they see as a private matter and that's just how it's going to be it's just like a conservative yeah. with a small c trend in how you talk about yourself nikki you always you always know what to say calm <laughs> down <laughs> yeah no i mean you're, you're, absolutely, you're absolutely right there, there are always going to be people who don't want to talk about it and fair enough i don't see a problem with that to be honest you know there are loads of people out there that just aren't comfortable with those kind of things and but, but the more and more we talk about bisexuality, the more hopefully people will be able to come forward and, and, and express it. I certainly don't think we should be going down mm. this route of, and it's, it happens all the time at the minute, I get sick to the back teeth of people saying, why are you starting to sound shouting about their sexuality? As though it's really a crime of the century to actually talk about sexuality generally and we don't need to anymore because everyone's accepted it, blah, 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 blah. Um, I certainly don't think we should be going down mm. the route of just saying, oh, well, sexuality is is a grey area and it's fluid and it's this, that and the other and that everybody should just accept that and no one should ever talk about talk about it or have any, any identity. You know, I think that, that really irritates me, to be honest. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a balancing act to be, be, to be had here, isn't there, really, in a, in a way? Well, yeah, and you've got, to oh, look yeah. At, you've got to look at the repercussions of people not being able to talk about their sexual, sexuality, you know, 
domestic violence, severe mental health problems, poverty, not feeling accepted at work. You know, it's, we're not talking about something that we're not talking about whether you've got a preference for Marmite or peanut butter, are we? That is important to you, but doesn't affect anybody else, actually, and doesn't affect anything, doesn't affect the family dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. In a household. We're absolutely. talking about something that fundamentally can turn others against them and leave them vulnerable. I was on social media I was on social media earlier on and there's a there's an actor who's doing quite great things at the moment. I can't think what his name is now, but he was in Emmerdale for quite a long time. Quite sexy guy, all the rest of it. He's just been asked um about his sexuality and he, his answer was i'm not straight uh he, his answer wasn't i'm gay or bisexual he just said i'm not straight keep them keep them keep them guessing even more and then everyone you know a lot of people who are friends of mine who are gay were saying oh well, at least he's not straight you know they're all they're all getting excited the fact that you know <laughs> he might he might absolutely be gay and be, 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 be potential you know but um several other people were moaning that why does it matter? Why does it matter? And I chirped in and said, it does matter because, you know, if potentially that guy, from my perspective, potentially that guy is bisexual and he's a, and he, at some point he declares himself as bisexual, then there are more people out there who are uncomfortable by their, by their sexuality, not sure about their sexuality, are going to feel better about coming out and being open about their sexuality. Um, so that I think I think that's a great thing. It's, you know, that more and more people are able to do that. But... A lot of people just do not want to talk about it. They think it's, um, you know, it's not. It's just not the done thing. You shouldn't really be chatting about it. And we seem to get that quite a lot at the moment. And it came, it came up again when the Kit Connor story came out, didn't it? You know, positively he's come out now. I know he felt as though he's forced out, but I think it's a positive that he's out and he's, you know, he's able to. He's actually been talking about being bisexual and things like that. And it's fantastic in that sense. But a lot of people were negative about that. The fact that he. Um, that that he um, that, that he came out and declared his sexuality, saying that he didn't need to. Um, I'm not saying he necessarily has to, but it's I'm I welcome the fact that somebody does have the guts to, if you know what I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it does. So yeah, moving on from that, then there is this conversation about terminology, and a lot of people have been talking recently about various words, which well, we get this all the time, don't we? Every now and again about various words are certain words good and bad and should we be using them shouldn't be using them it drives me mad to be honest but the latest one that everyone's been talking about is by curious um and that somehow by curious is somehow not good for the by community that it doesn't help by by people by people talking about being by curious because it gives an impression that um actually bisexuality is somehow some kind of choice that actually you're going to go out there, you're going to have sex with somebody um, that you've not had sex with before, a different gender or whatever, and and either like it or not like it, and make some kind of some kind of choice. And actually, it's not really about that. What do what do we think about the word bi curious? What do you think, Nikki? I don't have a problem with it because I mean, you might as well say bi tourist, <laughs> actually, as as well as saying bi curious. But what do you want from people? I mean, people have got to be allowed a jumping in point surely for something that might feel alien but they are interested in um i don't think it does down the bi community i think it broadens the conversation when we're talking about you know where people fall on a spectrum and how intense their desires might be and i do think that actually some people do choose their sexuality some people do as a political choice choose to to stay at a certain sexual orientation and live within the bounds of that 
So it's not as simple as people just acting on deep impulses that they can't control anymore. That's not how it works. From my perspective, I really like the word bi-curious because I actually think it's a buffer word that protects bisexuality because a lot of people, when they are exploring their sexuality, which is a perfectly fine thing to do, can be like, oh, no, I'm, I'm bisexual, and then describe it as their bisexual phase if that didn't work out. Whereas I think bi-curious is like, it's, you know, it's, it's a very good descriptive word of like, you know what? I'm not sure. I'm just having a little, I'm having a little see. And, and maybe I will then arrive at a sexuality that is bisexual or gay or straight or drunk or whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I just think, I, I remember someone back when I was like sort of coming out saying maybe you're just a bit bi-curious. And I really enjoyed that term because it really summed me up. It was like, look, I'm like kissing different people of different genders and it's all very fun and I don't really know what this means. And it was like, I, you know, I wasn't ready to say bisexual, but someone said that like, you're bi-curious. And I was like, ooh, that maybe sums up what I'm going through because I'm not sure yet. So I, and I would rather people use that label as a bisexual now than people say like people using the word bisexual and then changing their mind later because it adds to the stigma that is unique to bisexuals that, oh, it's just a phase. So, you know, please use the, if you're not sure, please use bi-curious rather than bisexual is what I would say, because it's less damaging. Yeah, no, I have no problem with it at all either. But apparently there are certain people who feel as though it's an, it's an, it's offensive, that it's sort of, you know, it, it's sort of undermining um, the, the, ter the term bisexuality in terms of, you know, the fact that, 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 that you're, in a sense, like you're born gay, you're born bi, and that, you know, that um, you don't have any decision there's no you don't make you don't make a decision about your sexuality i agree with you nikki i think people do they might deep down be bisexual or whatever they may be but they they may make a choice at some stage in their lives to follow a particular route they might, might not mean that they're not deep down still bisexual but they might decide they want to follow a particular um lifestyle or whatever and i don't see a problem with that i think i think our job is just to make it make them feel more comfortable in whatever lifestyle they want to want to be in, really, isn't it? When you think about mm. it, I mean, it's interesting that we have bi curious, but we don't have gay curious, les curious. Why not? That I mean, that'd make sense to me. Why wouldn't we have those terms? Is it because it would be more taboo to admit those? I mean, I don't know. It, that's just I find that just very fascinating. And is bi curious? What is the etymology of bi curious? Please, if anyone's listening, email in. Is it from porn? Because that's where I presume it's come from, but I don't know that for fact. Yeah, it could be. It could be from that, couldn't it? It could be from that. Um, I think we. I think we defend the. We defend the word by curious. We keep it going. If anybody's yeah. got an objection to it, please yeah. get in touch with us. We'd love to know what your objection is to to, to by curious. Um, now, a little bit later on, we'll be doing our ask a bisexual question, which has a connection to what we've been talking about here actually so listen out for that um a little bit later on um uh we've got our uh, bisexual journey story coming up as well um with, with a with a, an actor who's been quite a few interesting things so we'll find out about that uh shortly but before that nikki you went to see the whitney houston film yes i did i want to dance with somebody it's called and um i forget the very good actress's name who plays her, Naomi something. She's from Walthamstow near where I live, actually. Um, and it was so interesting because I wasn't expecting it to be a bi life story. And it is. And so I'll explain that a bit. So if you know anything about Whitney, and lots of people do, she it was it was alleged for many years that she'd had a 
sexual and emotional romantic relationship with one of her friends and somebody that ended up working for her called Robin. And, um, it, it, you know, apparently it's all true. And this film decided to really go there and explore her relationship with Robin. And what was fascinating about it was uh, it didn't, uh, you know, it was really kind of loving and sensual and it was a really good depiction of, you know, a woman with a woman. But then when in the film, and I don't know how true this is, it's meant to be true, but who knows, right? Apparently at some point, because they're living together secretly and their parents know, but they don't ever admit that they're together together. Whitney says, I want you to work for me because you're the only person I trust, basically, to Robin. And she says, the, the way we're going to have to do it, though, is because my dad is technically my manager, so we're going to have to go to dad and get his blessing. So they kind of pluck up the courage to go to Whitney's dad in the film and sort of say, look, I want Robin to work for me, you know, because she's she's my best friend and I trust her and all this stuff. And he's he's sort of like, well, maybe Robin can work for you, but you, you two need to go on dates with men and be seen on dates with men. So he's got the measure of it, but he's sending out a very strong message to her as her manager, straight dad, damager. I don't know. <laughs> what what do you call him? But I mean, that's kind of what he becomes later in the, on in the film. But, um, you know, he's saying it, it's very, it's quite a painful scene when you watch his kind of reckoning. And he's basically saying, you're going to ruin your career if you two come out together as a couple. And then fast forward, you know, further on, she meets Bobby E. Brown, who's the guy that she married and had a daughter with. But what's really good is that the film gives equal weight to the relationships. So it isn't just a phase of Whitney's that's passed over. It's taken very seriously as an important part of her life and identity. And even right at the end of the film, you see her singing this medley at the American Music Awards. It doesn't end with her death, actually. It it goes back a bit, which I think is good as well. So it's not quite as salacious. You, She's singing to, to her family who are in the audience and Robin is stood in the wings. And it's quite a poignant framing showing you that she never she never completely left Robin. She kind of acknowledged that she wanted a family, so therefore she was going to move on and find a man. And then Robin was like, well, I've had enough of this, and I want to find a woman. But it you don't get a sense that it's a lesbian relationship at all. It's definitely a bi relationship, and it's definitely a bi story. So I was really pleased by that. But when I came home and then just kind of flipped through the reviews of the film, everybody talked about the lesbian relationship and just erased her bisexuality. Yeah, and does it mean, does, well, in the film though, does... Does the word bisexual ever get mentioned? No, but neither does lesbian. Like, there's right, no right. reference to there's no reference to sexuality like outright in that way. Yeah, yeah. Now, what I'd seen, I'd seen a few few reviews of it, and I'd heard people reviewing it and talking about it, and it was all it was all bigged up as this this gay affair, this gay side of things, as opposed to. And I I did question it a few times in various places. I I responded and said, "Can't you actually use the word bisexual? What? Why? What's yeah. the problem? You know." Um, and it's the same thing happened with the Kit Connor thing because, as I say, I didn't I didn't know the the show was had any bisexuality in it at all until I stumbled across it and discovered it myself. The, the, there's a definite reluctance to mention that word, isn't there? You know, it's 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 so frustrating. And what's interesting is the guy that is her record manager is still alive, and he was on an American chat show. And um, in the film, he's he's been one of the people that has actually worked on the film. And he was married with children for many, many years. And at the very end of the film, in the film, he sort of comes out to Whitney at the end of her life. And he's actually got a a gay male partner. And it was obvious that to him it was important to tell the truth of her relationship with Robin. And for her to define it, however she wanted to define it. But I don't even think he... There's no sense of when he was being interviewed that he wanted it to be seen as 
her actual lesbian self because the way they give it equal weight in the film, it's obvious that these relationships were as important as each other. So therefore, she isn't mm. just one thing or the other, is she? Do you know what I mean? It's frustrating that even though the film is telling you something very clearly, all the critics can't interpret it that way. Weird, isn't it? It's really weird. Yeah. Really weird. Weird. That's so, You took me on such a journey there, then, Nikki. <laughs> you were, like, just describing this story, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so great. Like, that's what we need. And it then literally my need. first question was going to be, what did the what what did the reviews say? Do you know what? It's actually a really good film because it's not too sensationalist. They they quite cleverly the actress who plays her is very very good in her mannerisms and kind of like conveying her vulnerability and the complexity of her talent. But what they do is they keep Whitney Houston singing, so you still hear Whitney's songs. Like someone can't impersonate Whitney, really, can they? I mean, I know people do for a living, but. Mm. Um, it, and I just, yeah, I was actually pleasantly surprised because I've seen the Nick Broomfield documentary, which is very harrowing. Um, and then mm. her poor daughter, Bobby Christina, dies three years after she dies. You know, it's really, it's really, it's awful stuff. This film had much more uh, vibrancy to it and it remembered her talent, which I thought was really great. And hopefully it will have her remembered as a bisexual, but let's see. The, the film was good, but it's those reviews. Like, what What do we do? Like, do we write the reviews and be like, you stupid? Yeah. Well, there's I been, se- we there's been <laughs> several in the past year, actually. There was a film I watched early on, Bobby Middleton out last year, which was all about Siegfried Sassoon, the, the First World War yeah. poet. And, you know, he cl- very clearly had relationships with men and women and ended up with a woman at the end of it, but had quite a lot of relationships with men in the First World War, including, I think, with Wilfred Owen. Um, but again, the whole thing was portrayed as about being in being secretly gay when in fact he wasn't definitely wasn't secretly gay. He had relationships and he had kids and all the rest of it. And I just find it, you know, why can't we acknowledge bisexuality exists? Who's, 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 who's deciding up there somewhere that we can't actually acknowledge it. And that seems to be what's happening on a regular basis. And, you know, Ooh. coming back to, we've often discussed this, but I've had various conversations recently on, from a commissioning perspective and I've been told quite bluntly by senior commissioners, we can't go there when it comes to bisexuality. Now, what is it about? Why what can't they go about? there? Why not? What's the, what's the reason? What is I don't it? I know. This, this is going to tap for... Lewis's conspiracy theories, isn't it? And that's going to add to them. <laughs> yeah, what's mate, the actual, yeah. what's the secret by cabal that's running the Western world that we don't know about or that they want to keep down? I, I don't know. I'm waiting for <laughs> Elon Musk to, to release like the Twitter files on bisexuality. <laughs> yeah. Because remember, remember like there was like that big story where um, bisexuality was like shadow banned and you couldn't talk about it Yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, I do. I'm like, release, release the files, Elon. Like, that would actually be helpful to me. Perhaps we're just too much of a threat to the status quo. You know, oh, from, 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 from a... Bl- from I think a... we make people uncomfortable. I think we make genuine straight and gay people yeah. quite uncomfortable. Yeah. I think it, it really, like, hits nerves that they just can't and tolerate I think it. it. Go, and, I think, and I don't know why. I think it goes beyond sexuality as well. That's the thing. It, mm. it opens up a lot of a can of worms mm. about identity generally, doesn't it? That's the thing. Oh, and the and the lack of fit, the fixed nature of it. Yeah. People, you know, people really want to spend a lifetime figuring out who they are as quickly as possible if they can. You know, going on journeys of self discovery mm. and all that has become very central to our understanding of what it is to grow up in the Western world. 
But if your sense of self is fluid, oh my God, what the hell? That's just going to, you know, it's going to mess up every single plan ever, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And just going back, we mentioned it on the last show, uh, that programme that was that BBC Three have been doing about sexuality, the one you were praising about, the one that you should have, <laughs> the one that you should have presented, well, I Nikki. Sh- I was robbed. <laughs> the one Cara stole from Nikki. I've watched, I've watched elements of it. I've not, wa- <laughs> I've not watched it all. I've not watched it all. But it's not particularly that open and blatant about no, bisexuality either, really, which I was it's surprised not, about. It does ge- it does gender more than sexuality. There's more about well, gender. Which is that's kind of more of a hot topic, I suppose, now, isn't it? And uh yeah. I mean I it's very sedate, con- considering where they could have gone and how it's been talked about as this kind of boundary pushing show. It really isn't. But there there's a programme which, you know, it's not it's not scaring the horses, is it? It's not, you know, it's BBC Three. You know what I mean? They could do what they like in a way, be a bit risque and all the rest of it. Why hasn't it really done that much justice to bi- um, when it comes to bisexuality? I find that weird, really weird. It's just, it is just this conventional commissioning thing. Yeah. We, you know that we just have to get on TikTok. You know that TikTok is the place. TikTok, this is the yeah. year of TikTok for Nikki. <laughs> While I'm nursing the baby, I'm going to be learning how to TikTok. <laughs> this is my plan. You're going to... Even I would not TikTok, <laughs> so I can't wait for this. I've got to learn. I feel like there's a whole repository of information. And also from a news perspective, so many people, younger people get their news from TikTok. So if you're not on there really? as a news source, then they're not paying attention to you. I just think that I, I just think <laughs> I tap out at TikTok. And I know it's like, you know, it's like our, our grandparents being like, oh, what do you mean Twitter? And, oh, <laughs> exactly, I can get we the can't news on, I can get the news on my phone. No, no, it gets delivered to the door at 6am. That's it. But that's how I feel about TikTok. I'm just like, oh, I just can't. I just, I just can't. <laughs> but we're going to start missing no. out on very important conversations. Like, I already noticed with reporting, somebody will say, has trended on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, another thing I've missed because I'm not on TikTok. Oh, I am on TikTok, but I don't go on TikTok. So I've just decided that this is the year. I have to get up to speed for my daughter's sake, don't I? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, before, <laughs> yeah. before, we, before we move on and get... You ha- report ha- back, be- Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do Nikki's... Yeah, okay, I'll report back on how awkward, uncomfortable and difficult I find TikTok over a series of our episodes. <laughs> before we move on and hear yeah. our, our bisexual journey story and, of course, do Ask a Bisexual, uh, before we do all of that, let's first of all just... Um, check in with you, Nikki. You're sat there as a as a sort of well. Well, you're waiting, aren't you? It's a big waiting game. Four weeks to go. Tell us how I'm you're wa- feeling. I'm a waiting whale, sat here on my pregnancy pillow under the duvet in the spare room because I'm dressed in a tent because I just can't cope anymore. I've really reached the limits of yeah, Nikki-dom. I've got four to five weeks to go. I'm having an elective cesarean, so that's kind of good, as in I know when the baby will be born. But she could always oh. come. She could always come earlier and try and snatch that away from me, from the pair of us. So um, I haven't packed my hospital bag. My husband every day is like, "Please pack the bag, pack the bag, pack the bag," and uh, we we've sort of got the house in shape. But yeah, I'm just. It is just a wasting game. You don't. You you try and distract yourself. I've got a book to write. I've got loads of stuff to do. But you sort of sit there just thinking about the baby all the time. And she's kicking so much as well, so you can't ignore her. Is she being, is <laughs> she being, oh, I remember this so. Is she being, is <laughs> she being quick, is she been kicking quite a lot tonight in the, in, while we've been recording Bisexual Brunch? No, she's quite, if she hears me talking, she's quiet. It's when I'm quiet that she kicks. 
So, but she liked the Whitney doc. Oh, she's just kicked then, actually. She liked the... <laughs> Maybe she's understanding more than I think. She liked going to see Whitney. At Christmas, we went to see the Nutcracker and she loved the Nutcracker. She was kicking away to the music. So, yeah. It's, it's, I think she's going to be quite feisty. I was like, I really... To my husband, I said, I really hope she's going to be like a mathematics stroke science genius like you. Very quiet. <laughs> no trouble causing. But every time I take her on TV or something, she's there. Kick, kick, I'm here. So I think... I'm going to have a mini-me, which is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> fabulous, fabulous. Well, we'll come back in a moment and have Ask a Bisexual. But before that, let's have our bisexual journey story for this time. You're listening to Bisexual Brunch. Well, before we go to our personal journey story for this time on Bisexual Brunch, I just want to give a plug for two pages on Facebook, aimed mainly at bi people in Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Two great places to discuss all things bisexual on a regular basis. If you look up Bisexual UK, with I think around 800 to 900 members, there's plenty of great chats on there. And Bisexual Men's Club UK, which is recently launched. So Bisexual UK and Bisexual Men's Club UK. More about both of these forums in future episodes of Bisexual Brunch. Bisexual Brunch is produced with love by MIM. And if you like what we do, why not support us on Patreon? Visit patreon.com forward slash bisexual brunch. Thank you. It's another bisexual brunch journey story, personal journey story. And this time we're joined by Tom Ward-Thomas, who's uh, an actor in the UK. Uh, You may have seen Tom on various things or maybe heard Tom or been to see Tom at the theatre. I'll let him tell you a bit more. Tom, tell us a bit more about you. Where are you in London or where are you based at the moment? Yeah, I'm in London. Yeah, okay. I'm in London. Tell us about you then. Um, well, um, I am an actor um, uh, and a writer, both kind of things equal. And uh, I suppose I've been doing those two things for 15 years or so. Um, I'm 34. And uh, yeah, I live in London. I'm from the countryside in Hampshire. Remind us of some of the things you've been in, though. You've been in quite a few interesting things over over the years. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been in... I've been in things that you will have heard of where I've been a sort of tiny part where you fart and you miss me. Um, but I've been in some smaller stuff and, and produced and written some of my own stuff that um, where it's sort of bigger parts, but you won't have necessarily heard of that unless you've gone to some obscure fringe venues or or, gone to, or a film festival person. Um, so, yeah, I, I did a little part in Killing Eve a few years ago uh, in the second series. Um, I was in Journey's End, uh, the film version of Journey's End, uh, and yeah, the, the, and and Summer in February, which was a film about Alfred Munnings. Um, that was quite a long time ago now. So, a mixed range of stuff, but yeah, comedies and period dramas are sort of my my thing. But they're obviously quite opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, you occasionally get the two together. Very occasionally, very occasionally. Yeah, so what, yeah, what would you yeah. say your passion passion is then? The acting or the writing or both? Oh, both. Yeah, both equally. Um, I love yeah. writing. I love telling stories. And I'm working on a number of different things at the moment. And I love it. I, I love sitting down and spinning a good yarn. Uh, but I also love getting up. And I think writing is more solitary, which is great. But I'm quite an externally charged person. I love working with people and performing and connecting with other actors and doing that sort of thing. 
Okay, well, if you tell, like telling stories... Which is basically what it is. <laughs> if you like telling stories, you're not going to have a problem uh, with this interview then because uh, it's all about stories. <laughs> this is very much a personal story, of course, and um, it's about your mm. your bisexual journey story. I often start mm, off with yeah. these interviews just asking people how you know they knew they were bisexual. So let's start off with that, really. You know, did you always know that you were bi? No, I I thought, uh, to be honest, it caused me, the question and the confusion about it caused me a lot of grief and a lot of anxiety for many years throughout my 20s. There would be times where I thought I was gay, uh, I'd be convinced I was gay, and then I thought, but I don't think I am. And I was, and I'm, I'm from a family who's very sort of welcoming and accepting of any sort of things. And I talked about my sexuality with my family and my friends, and I was just like, I don't. And it was like, if you're gay, then fine. Uh, like as long as you're happy. And I was like, yeah, but I just don't think I am. And then I had these strong feelings for women, and I was like, okay, I'm not gay. But I think the kind of concept of being both, being bi, just wasn't really available. It just didn't seem like a real thing. So in the circles you were in, they're very liberal circles. Mm. But did you? Did anybody even mention the word sort of bisexual often? Yes, they did, and I have lots of female friends who are bisexual and I did know bisexual girls at school it turns out that well there and there was a guy in my year at school who came out as bisexual but then sort of went back in and decided he was straight um and I think he when he was about 15 and actually there is a guy who I was at school with who is who was having sex with men at school and having sex with girls um and now yeah he's a bisexual man but he didn't really he wasn't open about it at the time. So I've already known of bisexuality, but it's always been in women. And I've, I never knew any bisexual guys. And somehow there was always that sort of thing. Like I, I've had people who've said like, oh, women. I mean, this is kind of, I don't buy into this by any means. But I've heard quite a lot of people say that oh, women are more sort of they're more touchy-feely with each other, they're more intimate, they're more susceptible to kind of fall in love with each other and become bisexual or become gay, whereas men aren't. Actually, a family member of mine said that to me once, and I was like, oh, okay. So I suppose kind of bisexuality just didn't really feel like an option or a real thing for a long time, even though I knew it existed and I'd heard it a lot. No, I get get that. And if it's not on the radar and it's not really been sort of spoken about and and you don't feel I mean I suppose the problem with the word we often say this on the show is that it's got the word sex in it so it's not something Mm. you can just suddenly sort of chirp up on a night out oh let's talk about bisexuality or whatever you know it's not something you really really want and and often people are in couples anyway so you don't it doesn't come up in conversation in that way either does it so it's not something that's easy to chat to anybody about is it really no, and I sometimes use I use lots of different words to be honest to describe. I sometimes say I'm both. Sometimes say I'm fluid. Sometimes say I'm bi. Um, I mean, I think it's. I think I probably use both more than anything. I know, kind of both suggests just just two, but like it's just kind of in terms of body types, in terms of yeah. I just I sometimes say both, and I just quite like that um, because it's less. Uh, well, I suppose it's less specific. It's more open. And bisexual is is it seems like a very official word. And it's just like I quite like I quite like sleeping with men and women. I go I, I fancy men and women, and that's just sort of who I am. And 
So it's funny. It's it like, I think I'm straight. I'm gay. It's just, a, it's quite a short, sharp word. Whereas I'm bisexual sounds sort of, all right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, it sounds very formal. Sounds quite academic, doesn't it? In a way, you know, a bit, a bit academic. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought about it. It's this. like, you wouldn't say I'm homosexual. I'm heterosexual. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So what happened then in terms of your relationships? Because obviously you can think or maybe think in your mind you might be bi or whatever, mm. but the chances are you're going to end up veering down one route or another, meeting somebody, yeah. and obviously that person is often the person you want to spend time with at that particular point. So tell us a bit about your history in terms of the dating game from, from early on. Yeah, so um, the bisexual side of me is is recent. It's a recent sort of acknowledgement. I'm not going to say discovery, but acknowledgement, really. And yes, throughout my twenties, I was I was straight. I was considered myself straight, and I I had didn't have many relationships. I had a few not that long lasting relationships, but they were sort of quite intense. And I had years of being single and. And when I was single, I was t- fairly monk-like as well. I wasn't sort of playing the field. Uh, yeah, th- so throughout my 20s, I had a few relationships with women and I considered myself straight. And I would have these crushes on men throughout these times where I was like, ooh, what's that? And it would usually, again, be quite anxiety-inducing. And I thought, oh, what does this mean? And it would really, I would get myself into a bit of a tiz about it. And um, I was with my ex-girlfriend, actually, who I broke up with the week before lockdown. So that was great. Uh, she did once say to me that she kind of had this sort of fantasy about having a threesome with two guys who sort of play with each other as well. And she also she also said to me, because I told her that I do have attractions to men and I think about that sometimes, and she basically told me I was bisexual. And I said, oh, I don't think I am really. And she said, okay, only you don't identify as bisexual, but you obviously are. And it's interesting that she picked up on that because... Not long after that, well, about a year later, I then decided that I was bisexual. Um, And yeah, pretty much a year ago, there was um, a girl who I was very interested in. And we had a kind of a long, a relatively will we, won't we sort of thing where it was like there were lots of complications and there were reasons and she was seeing someone else. And she is also bisexual and... There was a point when I finally sort of uh, wrote off that as a chance of ever happening. And I was like, no, we're not going to get together. That's that's it. And I felt kind of depressed about it. And I started thinking about men. So I thought I've thought about this and and thought and worried and confused and questioned my sexuality in relation to men for so long. And I think because I'd been hanging out with her so much and she was a bisexual girl, bisexual woman, um, the concept of being both was sort of suddenly of being bi was just suddenly more available. So I decided rather than thinking and agonising about it, I'd do something about it. So I changed my settings on Tinder, had a few chats. Two weeks after changing my settings, I went on a date with a guy and had sex with him. Uh, And I drove that quite a lot. I actually drove the, should we go back to yours? Should we have a drink? I made the first move and and it was great. And then after that, I was like, okay, yeah, I like that. But I was also like... I wasn't like, wow, what have I been missing all these years? I'm obviously kind of more into men than women. Like, it was like, yeah, that was fine. It was very different to women. And I'm not sure. There were bits I liked. There were bits I didn't. And then since then, I actually had a bit of a gap. But kind of over the summer, I sort of just became a a massive gay slut. (laughs) Like, I started. And, yeah, I started just having kind of a bit 
more bit of fun and yeah so I am not in a relationship now with anyone and I'm in that sort of in that boat where it could be with a man or a woman um, and I really don't know who the next relationship's going to be with but it's kind of I almost got in I almost got the beginnings of something with a guy uh, a few months ago which was quite surprising I was a little bit like oh oh this is this is this is new because I always thought oh maybe it's just the sex but actually I think I just want a relationship with someone and it could be a man or a woman so who knows yeah so you're fairly new to it really in a way aren't you yeah in, in that sense it's interesting though that you know I, I, not everyone's like this but my experience is that I've gone through phases so there'll be periods of time when mm. I'm really 100% into men sexually other times I'll be 100% into women there'll be other times when the idea of both together is a big big thing in my mind kind of thing so mm. you change it changes have you noticed that since you st- since you realized there was this bisexuality have you gone through that where you literally have quite obsessive phases as it were as you go along yeah massively i think i'm in a I'm in quite a phase where I am sort of quite... I mean, it sort of changes by week by week sometimes. Last week, I suddenly decided, like, oh, I was fancying loads of women, and I was like, it's all about the women. And then kind of this week, it was like more about the men. But I think uh, on the whole, I feel like, yeah, large chunks of time... I remember when I was with my ex-girlfriend, it, I had a wandering eye. And if I'm honest, we didn't work out, but I never did anything with anyone else. But I fancied other people and they were all women. Everyone I fancied outside of her was women. Um, and any connections that I had, any buzzes, any frissons of energy was with women. And now it's sort of lo- a lot of the time it's men. So, yeah, I definitely think it changes. And sometimes you lean more into one than the other. And I've had a lot of people who've had who have similar experiences. Going through this, and you, you say it's happened quite a lot in the last year or so, and you seem to be having a bit of a, a, bit of a purple period, which is the appropriate word for being bisexual. <laughs> um, do you feel, how do you feel about it? Is it something that's, is it disturbing you? Is it making you think this is weird? I've got to try and sort my head out. Or I, do you feel quite liberated by the fact that you, you suddenly realise you are bi and you're doing something about it? Um, it's gone in pits and troughs, peaks peaks and troughs. Uh, I, right now I feel quite comfortable and quite sort of empowered. And when I first, uh, had sex with a guy, I felt very empowered and I felt like I'd taken control of something and I felt quite liberated. But in that time, in between that time, I have had many moments where I have been quite anxious and confused about it and felt like I've needed to put myself in a box and felt like, yes, I'm bisexual, but which one do I prefer? And kind of push-pull, like, do I prefer women? Am I going to end up with a woman? Am I going to end up with a man? Do I want a relationship with a man? Do I want a relationship with a woman? And, yeah, I have had quite a few times where I have kind of felt kind of anxious and not sitting easily with it and I suppose in the whole kind of window of leaning more into men I suppose I do have the thing of like well am I basically gay now and like and there is that kind of view that lots of people have which is the buy now gay later you're gonna sort of it's a transitionary period and I'm sure there are people out there who are that who it's comfortable to say they're bisexual before they can because they're not quite ready to say that actually no they prefer the same sex but 
yeah, I think I've had those moments where I'm like, maybe I am just transitioning towards being gay. And then I'm like, well, actually, if my next, if I fall in love with a man and end up in a three, four, five year relationship or get married, then great, fine. And people will think, oh, Tom's gay now. And I'm like, well, no, I had some great times with the women before. You're talking to me now and you're talking very openly to me now, which is nice. Um, and, and, and about your experiences are there other people in real life who you can actually talk to about this yeah yeah I um I'm fairly open and honest and I haven't done like any sort of official coming out kind of thing I haven't done like by the way I'm this I'm, I'm bisexual I mean I remember when I spoke to my parents I said like because they knew about like the, the questions and the confusions before when I was questioning things and I said to them like oh you know I was sort of having sort of questions about my sexuality well basically I'm actively exploring that now so that's kind of the closest I've come to coming out and yeah I tell yeah I tell quite a lot of I talk about it with quite a few of my friends and some for a while it was like it was like a bit like a new hobby I was a bit obsessive I was like so and I was like sounding off and I mean, yeah, a lot of my friends, like a lot of my friends are girls as well, which is, I think there's kind of a more kind of like a a general emotional, I mean, emotional intelligence, really, emotional empathy and curiosity and let's sit down and have these deep chats. Um, So I think I often feel very comfortable to have those conversations with those people and uh, with my male friends as well. But I think my male friends aren't stereotypical blokey blokes yeah i know what you mean i know what you mean so and so with those those and i'm going to put in words to comments relationships obviously you had some fairly long reasonably long term not many relationships with women but mm. then you've had some liaisons as well with men in those in those relationships in inverted commas were you apart from i know you mentioned one woman who twigged that you were bisexual but did you ever did you ever talk to any of them about being bi, do you ever talk to the gay guys? The fact that you know you were, you think you were, you're bi, or in those liaisons you had with them, or, or or with the women, did you ever have a conversation with the people you were you were seeing about being bi? Well, with the with the um, with the relationships with girls, I wasn't, I hadn't really acknowledged with myself that I was bi at that point, so I I didn't know, but I did talk about the fact that I thought about it, which was why uh, my ex she said. She said, like, she thinks I'm bisexual because I'd already I had said that I had fancy guys and I thought about it and I kind of been curious and oh I I did actually try a few things um before like I did try some things over the course of the twenties but they were a bit dark to be honest uh they were sort of yeah they were a bit dark and going to like cruising spots and trying and like exploring things that were never the right way of doing it but like I, and I think I. I was open about that with my ex. And so, I mean, I I'd said, I can't remember exactly what I said to her, but like I'd obviously said enough for her to say you're bisexual. And yeah, I think, and interestingly, <laughs> like a lot of women who I've um, gone for have either been by themselves or have kind of liked the idea of bisexuality in men, like the idea of that. Um, with men... I have pretty much been upfront uh, about the fact that I'm into women as well. And yeah, that no one's really been too bothered. Although I do wonder this situation where I almost started, I almost found myself like, oh, this could become a relationship. 
And I almost wonder, like, he he went off me. He sort of decided to kind of stop contacting and, and stuff. And I do wonder whether there might have been something to do with that because we weren't serious or anything, but I, I slept with a, a woman after I'd met him and he he had a problem with it. And he said, uh, oh, yeah, I would have been upset if you'd slept with a man, but the fact that it's a woman, it's okay because you're sort of doing what you need to do and exploring. And I'm like, well, okay, like, we're... We've had one date. Uh, so, but I think he did get, because I think there is that uh, anxiety um, in gay people who go out with bi people that maybe they'll just, maybe they're, you're just, they're just an experiment or maybe uh, you'll go off and, because it's easier to be straight. It's easier to be in a straight facing relationship with the opposite gender because that's just what, the world is and it's you don't have to go home to your grandma and be like this is my boyfriend it's just easier so I can imagine that gay people who just do not fancy the opposite sex they probably find it really anxiety inducing because they're like maybe they're just going to wander off with yeah a woman so I can see that some straight women who find it quite difficult understanding that uh, what a bi what a bi guy is and how a bi guy works and there are lots of people we interview who you know, uh, bi men who are in relationship with straight women, and as soon as they say they're they're bi, it causes r- real problems in their relationships. But it strikes me so far that you, you you've been fairly lucky because you've ended up in in uh, situations where you've been with bi bi women, which a lot of bi people generally yeah. would be love to be in a situation where they're having a relationship <laughs> with another bi person. You know, I have had that experience though as well. Like I, I mean, I've. I went on a date with a girl, just a sort of bumble, um, and I mentioned the fact that I'd been with men. And I didn't say I was bisexual. I just said I'd been with men, which obviously means the same thing, really. But it was a really good date, but nothing sort of went further. And I sometimes wonder, like, was that too soon to bring that up? Because I have female friends who quite openly and honestly say to me, yeah, they would have a problem with it. They wouldn't want to go with a guy who had had sex with men. So... And do they say why? Do they actually, do you ask them why? They just find it, they would just find it uh, odd and they would find it unattractive, I think. Uh, Although a friend, one friend of mine used to have that opinion. And she said what it was is that she she assumed that the the man would just not be as into her because he'd rather be with a man. And she slept with a guy who had been with men, so a bi guy, and... He and apparently the sex was incredible, so her opinion changed. But like her, that, so she's now kind of completely on the fence if she doesn't. And as you said, like bio. as you said earlier, the, the other woman you were seeing admitted that actually she might like the idea of of seeing two men together and having a mm. threesome as well. Yeah, I think the thing is we we don't talk about these things really, do we? In 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 the main parlance of. You know, there's not TV programs about it, really. We don't actually, t- yeah. We hear program. You have programs on TV where people are having straight threesomes or gay threesomes or whatever. There might be talk of that, but there's never this cross sort of fertilization thing sort of spoken yeah. about, is there? Really? Um, let's just cut to the chase a little bit on the because you've gone through you've gone through a, a situation in life whereby for a long time you were you were seeing women, so you're having sex with women, and sex with women is. It goes down a particular route. Dating a woman is, a, you know, you go, it adds a. It's not not obviously not everyone's the same, but there are certain things that mm. processes, as it were. Tell us a bit about starting to date or starting to even have a liaison or sex with a man. I think it's quite interesting when you speak to bi people who have only experienced 
one gender all their life and then suddenly they start to start having experiences with the other gender just the navigating of that and working out where they're going were there a few hiccups along the way tell us how that went well uh i mean i say i've i've had i've had one, only really one scenario where and it was very very short lived where it was a sort of it started to be like we were dating the others have been I mean, I've got one sort of ongoing thing, which is just it's a friend with benefits kind of situation. And, and we met on, on, on an app like everyone, apart from this guy who was almost a relationship, but we met on apps. Um, it's it's a funny one, the navigation of it all, because it's like my experience of women if you go on an online date or even if a date where you meet in real life whatever you go on a date um and unless you've met at a party and hooked up in that kind of environment you go on a date and invariably you might kiss you might go home together but that's not happened with me not on a first date um whereas if I go on a date with a guy like there's like I think two people, two of the dates with guys I've had have resulted in nothing. One was he was really boring and the other one he was just actually quite repugnant in his personality. Um, But apart from that, every single date that I've gone on with a guy has resulted in a passionate snog and a lot of them have ended up being like we've gone home together. So it's sort of just like there's a point where like you start touching feet and it's like, okay. And it's also sort of like, should we go back to yours or do you want to come back to mine? And it doesn't, and if they say no, I'm like, okay, fine. But it's kind of, they probably say yes. Um, and with a woman, I think I would I would need it to be, I, I, in, historically, I would need it to be very, very obvious that they're going yeah. to say yes in, before I suggest something like that. Um so it's I I found it easier. I found it easy. I found it's kind of it, and it's actually both. Um, it's it's a great thing, but it's also a bit of a dangerous thing about how accessible sex is with men and how easy it is to get it. So that's why you became a slut. So for a I while. found that an ex- <laughs> yeah yeah. I found it, it. I found that kind of interesting to navigate. It was exciting, and there have been some rather kind of eggy moments that I haven't enjoyed. I haven't felt good about. And yeah, I went down, I got Grinder, and I, I've got rid of Grinder now because I'm just like, just getting a little bit pissed and going on there going, who's around? And it's just like, oh, it's actually not that, it's not that great. Um, it becomes like a drug, yeah, doesn't it? It's, it? That's it's been the interesting thing. to navigate. It becomes like yeah. a drug, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also and that you mentioned, earlier, you mentioned without... earlier on about meeting people in strange sort of situations when you were younger. I remember hmm. sort of when I was first come, well, not... I didn't. I think I always knew. I always knew I was bi, to be honest. Um, but I, I ended up working mainly in circles where I was around gay men. So I was involved in politics. I was involved in a little bit of acting, all sorts of things. And it was mainly, mostly, I was drawn to gay men largely in terms of friendships. So I ended up in relationships mm. with men more than I did with women, kind of thing. But you know, the whole gay world was certainly in the nineteen what was it nineteen nineties when I was sort of. Things there was still a lot of secret things going on, whatever. And I remember one night, sort of stumbling in this bar, stumbling across this this dark room, 
And, oh, my God, that was an experience because suddenly you're in this dark room. There's all these people with hands all over you. It's like, you know, I mean, it was exciting in a way, but in another way, you came out of it thinking, oh, my God, what, what, what have I just done? You know, and you no idea, really. So I, so I get yeah. that, the whole cruising thing. It's, there's, there is a bit of excitement about it, but at the same time, it's, it's scary, isn't it? You know, anything can happen, really, in those situations. Yeah. I did. Um, I mean, I think it's funny how I escalated for literally this time last year in December. I kind of went on a Tinder date and ended up having sex with this guy. And then from May, things just escalated. And I, w- I went to a sauna, like a gay sauna. And that was a really strange experience. And that was actually where I met this guy who kind of ended up become I ended up dating him for a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's I wasn't expecting. Yeah, it, that. Can, it can happen. It can um, happen in those situations. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And but it was like I wouldn't go back because I felt like it was just sort of it was quite exciting, but it was quite sort of intimidating as well. And there were lots of predatory people there who yes. kind of like you look, you're like no, no, I'm not, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so so I mean, we're having a nice light conversation about this, which is fun, which is great. But mm. do you think the whole thing of having this issue with your sexuality in a, in a negative or positive way, you know, it, the, the fact that you're you know, you like men and women, you like different genders. Um, but the fact that we, we're in a, a world where, in a way, there's little known about it, little talked about it. Yes, there's more discussion now than there was, etc. But society generally, let's face it, wants you to pick a side or stay in a, you know, stay in a particular yeah. type of relationship. Do you think that, um, I mean, if, if we're, if I'm honest and you're honest, we, we, we I think I think we pro- I, from what I can glean from you, you probably like being bisexual. It's quite it's quite good. It's quite it is mm. quite liberating. But yeah. do you think that it has an impact on other things in your life, on you know work situation, on general relationships with family and friends, and 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 just the, just does it have a mental impact? Do you think the fact that we we're in a situation in the world where we can't really be completely open about being bi as yet, as it were. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I've had a few. So I mean, from a work point of view, I will actually say that it's had a positive impact uh, because there's a real push about having genuine queer uh, actors, which actually you talked about in your last episode quite a lot, which I quite enjoyed. Because, but and it's like, hey, I'm I'm genuinely queer actor. Hey, cast me because they they like they like that. Um, but I think I think um, for me the it's in my head there has been this real anxiety for a long time and it and i got obsessional thinking and had to get um go through like cbd um cbt (laughs) cognitive behavioral therapy um to kind of cut loose from this uh when i was younger because i would go around and around in circles and and obsess about my sexuality and and then it's just like, well, there are there are actually more important things. And if you want to, the people would say to me this, there are more important things. But for me, it was the most important thing. And it is strange how, for me now that I'm sort of having sex with both and I'm kind of, I'm just like, great. I could, there, are, there are so many more people who I can sort of form intimacy with. But there is this weird thing. I'm, I'm trying to think, it, it's definitely not, it's not all easy plain sailing, but I'm trying to sort of work out why that is. Um, I mean, okay, for example, like I did, I had a interesting moment with sort of uh, two friends recently, 
and neither of them really got what I was saying. But I'm going to Kenya and South Africa next month just for um, traveling. And my flatmate turned around to me and said, like, oh, make sure you're not kind of you're you're quite open and you're you, you're very honest and stuff like don't go. Maybe like maybe keep that kind of a little quiet because there's they have a different view of things like that in South Africa. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I know. And um, I'm going to see I'm going to stay with a girl, a friend. But I, when I say a friend, like I haven't seen her for 20 years and we knew each other for a year, but she lives in South Africa. And I suddenly thought, oh, I wonder if this friend of mine is homophobic or, or has an issue with that. And it's something I never had to kind of encounter. And I said to her, I asked her like, oh, I'm, by the way, I'm bisexual. And she was like, oh, great. Of course, I don't have a problem with it. Like, that'd be ridiculous. But I felt like I had to say that. And I felt like I suddenly got fearful that we're going to be in the bush one night drinking beers. And I'm going to tell a story about shagging men. And she's going to be like, what? And it was like, that's never, that was never a a thing that I would have to wonder about. And I started saying like, this is so kind of weird that I have, that that that's a thing. And my two friends who were there at the time were like, well, just don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Just keep it quiet. You don't have to go around telling everyone your whole life story. And I was like, no, no, but I'm having to keep something secret potentially. It was a strange phenomenon that I hadn't been used to. Yeah, no, I, no, I, get, I get that. I get that. I mean, do you think, I mean, I'm, I've just turned 50. Um, and um, so I've seen quite a lot over the years how things have changed. And again, bisexuality was never talked about much when I was when I was younger. So it was like you were either gay or you were straight or whatever. Um, but I do think, and I I enjoy myself. I, you know, I, and I've and I've got I'm in a relationship now uh, with a guy who's very happy with me being bi. Uh, don't do anything about my straight side in in that sense, but mm. it, it could happen at some point, and he's not really got a problem with it to be honest. So. I'm very lucky in a way. But when I look back, I think to myself, if the world was a bit more like that lovely story in Heartstopper, where Kit, you know, um, has opened up to his gay friend at 15 or whatever, and they've ended up in a mm. relationship um, and he's been accepted to a large extent. Um, and I'd started life as a bi, openly bi person that other people knew as bi and whatever. I often think that, my work, my life would have gone in lots of different kinds of directions. I don't know what direction it would have gone in. I suppose what I'm trying to say is, do you think not having that those conversations, not being able to talk about this until you're 35 or whatever, um, what I'm saying is, is there are, are there any regrets? Is what I'm trying to say. You know, do you think, think it would have been different if you'd known it, you know, or heard about or been told about bisexuality when you were a teenager? Yeah, I think if I had sort of been open with myself and with other people and decided, yeah, I'm bisexual and, and gone and explored uh, sexuality and my sexuality and time with men, I think life would have been very different throughout my 20s and I probably would have had a better time. Um, I think I probably would have had more sex. I would have had more relationships. I would have had more flings. I think I would have had more... I, I went through periods of time where I was either in a relationship or I wasn't. And when I wasn't, I was, uh, like I say, a monk. And I think life would have been very different. And the amount of anxiety I put myself through throughout all those years of agonizing about what my sexuality was, if I hadn't gone through those kind of agonizing thoughts and obsessive thinking, I think life would have been so much better and so much easier. And I would have just had a lot more fun. And 
And I think, like, from a creative point of view as a writer as well, like, I think it opens up avenues and kind of this side of myself has kind of opened doors from from a writer's point of view, which is really interesting and exciting. So, yeah, I do think it would be really, it would be helpful and it would be better if kind of the the whole concept of being fluid and being both, being bi, being pan is is something that is embraced and is normal because I I sort of feel like I I know I don't think everyone's bisexual but I think most people are um really and truly I think uh, I I look at I look at older generations and I'm like you are bisexual but you're probably you probably never acknowledge that yourself like and then I'm like oh no they're definitely straight and then they do something and you just notice something and I think I always think the, the, in the opening of, of Bisexual Brunt, in, in the opening of, of this podcast, there's that um, rather theatrical sounding woman who says something. And I'm always curious to know what she said. If She says something about like, if we, if, if we had no rules. And yeah, I love that. Um, well, you know who that is, don't you? You know, you know who that is? That's, no. That's, that's Amanda Barry. You know Amanda Barry okay. who played, Carry on, played Cleo in Carry On Cleo? And she was oh, also right. in Coronation Street as Alma for many years. Famous actress. Oh, okay. She's in her 80s. Famously, she's bisexual, yeah. And she, she basically yeah. says, doesn't she, if, if we didn't have all these rules, then, you know, mm. think what would happen? You know what I mean? It's quite interesting. It would be yeah. a completely different society. And I, I, um, I mean, I, I, apparently kind of when the first fleet arrived in Australia, uh, the convicts, and there were huge storms and it was kind of terrifying and they all go on the beach and they all had sex with each other like men women like they all just bungled together and and I think historically there have been examples of I was hearing about King James the first of England who was sort of he's allegedly gay and he's known as this gay guy but no he had he had a wife and seven children of course he had a wife because he was king but he had seven children which is a little bit beyond the call of duty and he had mistresses and he had male lovers and I think I I remember hearing that sort of sexuality as an identity is quite a 20th century phenomenon. And mm-hmm. even though obviously it was illegal and it was frowned upon, but this whole sort of, I identify as I am this, I sometimes wish that none of that was existing. And it was just like, I fancy that guy. I fancy that girl. And if I fancy guys more or fancy girls more, whatever, it doesn't yeah, make yeah. any difference. Absolutely. And I do no, think life would be different. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Going back to the sex for a second, um, yeah, because I mean, I'm just I'm always interested in because Lewis and I and Licky have spoken about this quite a bit, and Lewis always I think talks about the fact that he he's never really been interested in men and women together, whereas I'm mm. actually one of my little fantasies is probably probably a threesome with a man and a woman, you kind of thing. Mm. Never really happened. It happened once, I think, roughly. But how does how do you feel about that? Is that something that you know that is attractive to you, or do you think you're a bi person who can only really deal with one thing, one person or the other? I think I would like a threesome with a man and a woman. Yeah, I think I, 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 yeah, I think after I kind of first had sex with a guy, I wanted to go down. I wanted to find a threesome with a man and a woman, and that's why I got this app that actually ended up becoming a sort of source of of guys, really. <laughs> and and so yeah, I think I'd like a threesome with a man and a woman. I think that would be really good fun. And uh, there are certain things that I'd like to do in, in that threesome that, that would be great. And I think I love exploring sex and I love sort of, I think doors have opened for me about the different forms of pleasure. And I, and I like to kind of tap into that more and tap into this more. And some things I'm like, no, I don't like that. Like I know there are elements of sex with men that I really don't like and that I much prefer with women. 
Um, and there's an energy that comes with sex with men that, that sort of is different with women. And I think, yeah, I think I love discovering the things that I like and the things that that I mm, no done that done that not not for me next time. But yeah. But ultimately, are you the kind of person who would like to have a one-on-one relationship with somebody? Yes. Yeah. Would you be happy t- turning your back on the the other side? And and just you know, like Lewis, me, and and and, and Nikki, obviously, uh, we're we're bisexual in our identity, whatever. But there are obviously a lot of people out there who can't deal with just having sex with one gender or the other. You know, I know, I know mm. it's a I know it's a trope that bisexual people are you know very heavily sexual and all the rest of it. I mean, that's not necessarily the case that our gay people are and the straight people are, and there are equally lots of bi people aren't either. You know what I mean? So, but what I'm saying is, do you think you could? What would you want to do? Would you would you want a monogamous relationship or would do you like the idea of having a an open relationship or even one guy we interviewed in the last this last episode that's just gone out uh he's got into the poly scene i mean where do you see yourself on mm. all of that i don't see myself uh suiting the poly scene in terms of like having multiple lovers sort of thing like i think um i think i go in and out i know um uh, my sisters uh have a friend who his one of his big deal breakers is that he would want to be in an open relationship uh which i think is quite restrictive because you might meet someone great who's like i don't want to be in an open relationship and lots of people don't i think it's hard to know the answer to that until i sort of am in in it i think yeah. and if i'm crazy about the person maybe i won't be bothered about the fact that I won't be with the the other sort of if I if I meet a guy and I'm sort of crazy about yeah. him maybe I won't be like right now I sort of feel like if I found myself in a relationship with a guy I would be like mm, I'm, I'm sort of I, I don't want to say goodbye to sex with women I, I love the female energy and the female touch and female body like um and I've gone in and out of thinking about like that in the other way around if I was in a relationship with a woman and it was became really serious I'd be like oh am I done with that am I done with mm-hmm. with guys completely um yeah because I mean the next relationship I'm in could be become very serious and we could get married so mm-hmm. I'm just thinking oh I think like there is this this particular person who was the girl who's the bisexual girl and like I'm st- still friends with her now but I like I, I I used to wonder like oh if we ended up in a relationship we could kind of be open with the same gender or something so she could explore women and I could explore men that would be a great situation to be in but I think I think it just depends on who the person is and how I feel about that person and I don't want to meet someone fantastic and then say oh I want to be in an open relationship you've got yeah. to be okay with yeah. that or this isn't going to work because then you're throwing away something fantastic it's about chem- think- it's, it's about chemistry and it's about trust isn't it at the end of the day yeah well, I think you know absolutely but, but the I, more we yeah. the more we the, the more we're able to talk about these things and be yeah. able to understand it the, the better that's the most important thing isn't it um well it's great it's really great talking to you um have you have you as you've met bisexual people mainly as you say women but you have now met a few men i think and obviously you yeah. know You've heard us on the on 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 the podcast. I've got one and... in my friendship group who's a bisexual guy. Okay, um, and then other people I've met in the dating world. In the dating world, yeah. would you say there is? You know, because the other thing we haven't got really, as inverted commas, bisexuals, uh, as it were, is is a sort of well, there, there's no real community. Let's face it, really, there's no. Mm. You know, you you do have a situation whereby there is a gay identity or there's camp identities and all these kind of things. Is there anything that unites? 
bisexual people do you think is there anything you've noticed in meeting bisexual people are are they more tolerant as people are they i'm just we're just trying to build up in other conversations whether there's more whether there's some particular character about us all what have you noticed <laughs> i think there is more tolerance and curiosity uh i think in bisexual people um yeah i think yeah, I think there there's more there's more tolerance and there's more curiosity and there's more sort of open-mindedness, I think. Uh and nothing has a definitive answer. And I think that's kind of the world I live in anyway in the in the acting and writing. You're always discussing nothing's hard and fast and black and white and that's always been my way of thinking. And I, I've got some friends who are really black and white and like, no, this is this, this is that. So they really struggle with the concept of bisexuality. And people have really questioned me like, so which one do you prefer? Like, so, oh, is it a man or is it a woman? And I was just like, I don't know. And they're, they're fascinated, not in a judgmental way, but they're fascinated by it. Um, I think, uh, yeah, bisexual people are phased less. They're, 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 they're less, yeah, less phased. So finally then, are you, would you say you're a happy bisexual? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh yeah. I I sometimes I feel so lucky to be bisexual actually. Uh and other times I think and I wish I had come to this conclusion earlier. Yeah, and this is the final question. I always do this, don't I? So final question, <laughs> final question. Um you, you you hinted at it earlier on. You you think everybody has some kind of bisexuality in them. And we're we're noticing these statistics changing all the time at the moment, aren't mm. we, in terms of the numbers. You know, do you think that's only only it's just going to basically carry on? Do you think that's going to happen? We're going to see these yeah. numbers increase and increase and increase, yeah? Yeah, I reckon so. And I think yeah, I reckon so. And I think it'll be uh, and I hope so. I mean, I I know people who I'm pretty certain are gay or or bi, but like like who just haven't come out because they're in a situation where they they wouldn't i mean i'm very lucky like my family are very very liberal and open minded but i hope i hope it does just become more and more the norm um and i'm trying to put that into kind of my writing as well on a slight tangent i did have a situation like i'm writing a drama at the moment that i'm sort of doing it as a play as a theater play and as a tv drama and it's not about bisexuality it's a it's a historical drama about fascists <laughs> um but there is a bisexual storyline in it. It's a bit of a bisexual love triangle. And I introduced the bisexual slant to it late, like a few months ago, and added in. And my father was like, oh, yeah, I can see the whole bisexual, the whole kind of thing. He's, he's attracted to the guy I, I like. But the thing is, it means that we don't then buy into the love story with him and Blythe, the female character. And I was like, no, he is in love with her. But he's also into him. That's the point. He's bisexual. But they couldn't get their head around it. And like as audience members would be kind of watching it going, oh, so he's gay. He's gay. He's secretly gay. Oh, poor, poor Blythe. And that relation. It's like, no, no. we def-. So it was quite a challenge to create that in, in, in the rehearsals just to be like this love, this relationship really matters and really makes it matter. And it's really genuine because people don't believe it as soon as there's a kind of a kiss or an almost kiss with a guy. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a well, tangent. I can't remember what your original question well, was now. <laughs> well, I asked you, asked you whether you were happy bisexual and then I also said yeah, whether, or yeah. not, whether or not you thought the numbers were going to carry on increasing. 
Um, uh, it's yeah. interesting you being a writer and writing and now starting to explore the bisexuality because one of the things I have an issue with, and you've heard it on the on the show, and and I'm I'm pushing th- the bisexual ideas at the media all the time through because I run, run a production company and we're putting ideas forward. Is that that fact the fact that we have such a pushback against it? There always seems to mm. be this reluctance to explore bisexuality, even though, as you're demonstrating to me just in your own story, that it is fascinating and interesting. And I'm sure people across the board would be very interested in it. But there seems to be a reluctance, mm. doesn't there, to go any further in certain areas. I think it's because it's confusing. I think it's easier to be like, oh, they're gay, they're into men, and they're into women. And I think maybe it's because... Homosexuality has be has gone through so many trials and tribulations over the years, and it was illegal, and it was people got killed and hung, and all sorts of things. And 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 there's been this wave of kind of acceptance, and it's taken so long for gay people to be accepted, and for people to get, and for straight people to get their heads around homosexuality and the whole concept of of, of liking and fancying and falling for the same gender. That now it's like. It's they kind of be like, okay, they're gay and I accept that and they're straight. But then the idea of being both, I think, is too much for people to sort of get their heads around, maybe. So it's just, yeah, I think, I don't know. It's it's a tricky one, but I think it's it's just people don't really get it. And I think it confuses people. And mm. But as a writer, you're in a unique position, aren't you, to try and hopefully get over that a little bit and explain it to people yeah that sounds sounds really exciting what you what, what you're talking about tom it's been really lovely to chat to you um and hear your story and to hear about how you're in a way right at the start of it you know what i mean you're navigating <laughs> it so and, and so keep in touch and let's maybe do an update maybe in a year or so's time and see where you are how your how your bisexuality has developed that'd be fantastic if we could yeah brilliant thank you tom That's i mean great. i might be in a polyamorous relationship who knows you I never, mean, know. You never know and keep, Not my... <laughs> and keep listening to bisexual brunch of course no absolutely <laughs> the lovely tom ward thomas and if you want to see and hear something really moving a bit out of season now though but really good if you look up tom ward thomas and silent night 1915 on youtube you won't be disappointed our thomas is a really talented chap well, before this edition's Ask a Bisexual Question, we have a bonus for you now. Another bisexual personal journey story. This comes from Ruth, not her real name, as she wants to remain anonymous. She'll explain why. In the form of a short letter of correspondence to Bisexual Brunch. Here's Ruth's story, brought to life by the wonderful actor Stacey Guthrie. I first realised I was bisexual on a bus. The bus was leaving the bus stop outside my sixth form college and it must have been winter because it was already dark. And I don't think I saw anything in particular that made me think of it. I was just looking out the window at the road, and the thought kind of dropped into my head. Then, suddenly feeling like everything made sense, I said out loud, maybe it was out loud. Certainly felt loud enough that the other passengers could hear me. I said, oh, right. I'd never put a label on it before. I'd had pictures of Amelia Fox and David Bowie and Kate Winslet and even a young Cliff Richard on my walls. I'd had ludicrous, debilitating crushes on boys and girls I was at school with. I was once watching a horror film at a sleepover and had such an urge to get in my friend's sleeping bag and hide behind her. I stayed very much out of her sleeping bag, though. She would not have appreciated that at all. But all this time, I'd never named it. It wasn't because I felt embarrassed or ashamed. I remember my boyfriend soon afterwards telling me that he was bisexual, admitting it like he was terrified about what my response was going to be. 
I feel quite bad about it now, but I laughed at him. The idea of worrying about such a thing seemed so ridiculous to me. Me too, I said, and reminded him that about six of our friends had also recently flung themselves out of the closet. I don't remember ever feeling shame about it, although I don't know why that is. My parents never particularly discussed such things with me, although there was no dramatic homophobia in the house. I remember my dad, who is a lovely, lovely man, once said, I don't mind as long as they're not doing it in front of me. And there's a lot to think about in that sentence. I remember thinking about it when I announced that I was going to bring my girlfriend home with me from university to meet them. I told him I was bisexual and he said, Are you? All surprised and interested. No judgement. Lovely man. I remember watching the film Wild with my mum and her being very upset because she thought Stephen Fry's character should have stayed with a man who loved him instead of going off with Jude Law. So no issues there. But when I told her I was bisexual, she said, sounding faintly put out, nothing surprises me about you anymore. It could have been worse, I suppose. Anyway, the point is, maybe my parents' indifference to gay culture meant I never had any shame. Maybe it was because they loved me and supported me. Maybe it was because I have a ridiculously overactive confidence gland. But when I met my girlfriend at university 20 years ago, I was clear from the start. I'm not going to hide, I said. Society can catch up with me. Then we spent quite a long time snogging in the corner of the pub. So if I'm free from shame, why am I writing all this down and sneakily emailing it in to bisexual brunch instead of being out and proud and talking about it in person? Well, the answer to that is I ended up marrying a man. And not just any man, an extremely private man who, when I told him I was thinking about talking on the podcast, was flustered and horrified and asked me not to. I want you to know he's got no problem with me being bisexual. He's always been aware of it and he's fine. And if it wasn't for the fact that the idea of anything more inventive than monogamy turns my heart into shards of icy dread, he probably would have been up for all sorts of shenanigans. He just doesn't want our private life discussed on a podcast. So I'm keeping this clear of all identifiable details just in case and hoping that nobody remembers the many Cliff Richard calendars. But it is an interesting situation, being bisexual and living such a straight life. My family and close friends know, but it doesn't really come up in conversation because, well, why would it? I have ended up feeling like there is a lot of identity bulging out though, trying to make a break for it. I had an undercut for a while, and honestly, the way I dress. Once, I was at an industry do, and this delightful drunk non-binary person I know asked me outright, Are you bisexual? And I was so pleased that all those flags I'd been waving out at sea had been spotted. I guess, if I feel ashamed about anything, it's that I've not really contributed to the cause. I haven't campaigned. I haven't improved by visibility. I haven't joined any organisations or danced about on a float at Pride, or even looked for a single petition to sign. I did put a rainbow flag on my Twitter bio for about five minutes, but felt massively awkward about it and took it down. I don't know why exactly. Maybe that I felt it would make everything all about my sexuality, and I'm too used to being comfortably hidden by my straight-presenting family. I'm working as an actor now, and my agent knows. So my fanciful long-term plan is I get cast as a queer character and then interviewed about it in The Guardian. 
Then I can bang the drum really blooming loudly. Until then, I'm off to Twitter. Time for that rainbow flag, I think. Ruth's story with Stacey Goffrey. And if you'd like to have your story, for whatever reason, brought to life by an actor, we're happy to hear from you. Direct message Bisexual Brunch on Twitter or drop us an email to info at madeinmanchester.tv. And now it's time to ask a bisexual. So then, it's from Zach, who's 29 and originally from Chesterfield in the UK. Was Chesterfield one of our bi hotspots? I don't think it was, actually. Sheffield is, isn't it? But not not Chesterfield. Just outside um, Sheffield, of course. Um, Now, Zach now lives, actually, in Wellington, New Zealand. Um, He says he thinks he's bi-curious. That fits in with our story from earlier on, doesn't it? Um, He's never been with a guy before, but wants to go with a guy. So it reads, But I still really like women and want to one day get married and have kids. Is it okay to be bi and be more one way than the other? How do you all identify in the aspects of ratio versus men and women? Am I really bisexual if I don't practice it in equal measure, even if only for a while? How will I know if I'm truly bi? Zach, 29. So any responses to that one? So that sort of fits in with what we were talking about earlier on, about the bi-curious side of things. And it also fits into that thing that you raised, Nikki, which was that actually people do, to an extent, make a choice. Uh, when it comes to, um, they might not make a choice about their actual sexuality and their identity, but they might make a choice as to which way they want to go in terms of the practical side of it kind of thing. It's a bit like radio <laughs> wavelength. You can tune in at different frequencies, can't you? I mean, you can, you, that's how I feel about my bisexuality. I can choose to tune into it or tune it out at various points uh, of life, depending on, you know, what my circumstances are, what my interests are, what what's available to me. I think what I think actually Lewis needs to answer this question first because he will remember this time, won't you, Lewis, when you felt similar? Yeah. So I mean, the first thing. So I wasn't one hundred percent sure at first where that question was going. It was this guy is kind of like at the beginning of his journey and like should I, should I not? And I remember one of those things from from that time was like because of the way the world is, it kind of felt like well, if I do something with a guy that's final then that just makes you gay if you go and have sex with a guy there's no bisexuality there's no women ever again it's just men because a man being with a man is is more solidifying which is just the stupid things that like you pick up from society that aren't true so like i I mean my thing is like go for it um and on the whole element of but i want to end up with a woman anyway it's like well you it's totally natural, I think, when you're figuring out your sexuality to kind of think, well, I, I want it to be this way. It's like, fine, but give it a few years. Like, you, you're just, it's just not practical. You can't go into your sexuality. I, I personally don't think you can go into your sexuality with a game plan. You know, imagine if you, you know, end up dating a guy, then a girl, then another guy again, and this relationship's going really well, you're really going to get, like, a reminder on your phone at, like, 31 years old and be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, we need to break up and sell this house because I said at 22 that I would, you know, by the time I was 31, find a woman and have biological children with. It just doesn't work that way. Like, if you're bisexual, you're attracted to multiple genders, you're going to go around, you're going to kiss people, and you're going to find people that are interesting. You can't predict their gender any more than their hair colour. Um... 
you know, and that's, I, I don't mean to say that in an alarming way because everyone's at their um, different stages in their by coming out. And, you know, sometimes you might not be ready to hear things like that. So I apologize if that was a bit too far for you. <laughs> um, but, because, because I remember being like, no, I can't, I can't hear that. I can't hear this yet. I'm just, I'm, I'm like working through this little box I'm in now and then I'll get to the other boxes. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know if I've answered the question, but on 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 the whole, um, do you have to quantify it? No, I I mean I would say like I'm pretty equally attracted um, to kind of men and women. Um, I don't really ever think it has a pref uh, have a preference, but then I think kind of like what you were saying, Nikki. Sometimes it comes in waves. Like sometimes there's a bit more gay sex on your mind, <laughs> straight sex, <laughs> whatever it is. It's like it comes in ebbs and flows it does you know it I mean? does um, very much so but never n- never like in an overwhelming sense where it's like i'm straight now you know what no, i mean it's, no. like, it's never it's never that never that overwhelming it's not a tidal wave just and i always find just when you think oh maybe i just am a bit more this now somebody comes along and you think oh i remember what that feels like and, yeah. they, and then remind you that you're actually very bi yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I would say, you know, that that question of wh- whether you're, you know, what percentage you are, I w- it's a difficult one, always difficult, but, and I think it is fluid to an extent because it depends on what mood you're in and what, you know, what day it is and all the rest of it. But I would, th- I would say sexually I'm probably on 50-50 actually, but emotionally, and we don't often talk about this, you know, there's the, the whole thing of being emotionally more attached to one gender than the other. I would probably say I'm more inclined to men than women when it comes to the emotional side of it, which makes things a little bit complicated. So sorry, Zach, if you're listening to this, the, 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 these things do get a bit complicated <laughs> at times. So, you know, and you have to feel your way through it, don't you? Um, the thing I would say, though, is that, um, which I think is, you know, he's saying there that, he feels that he wants to, at some stage, settle down um, with a, with a woman and have kids. Of course, he can settle down with a man and have kids now. That's 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 perfectly possible. Yeah. Um, but equally, I do think there is a pressure, obviously, on uh, men in a straight sort of facing world who feel as though whatever fun they may have at any one time in their lives that they are going to have to go down the route of. Uh, you know, of, of of finding a woman and having kids and settling down and all that. So I do think there is a pressure there, which we need to try and obviously veer away from. I don't, people shouldn't feel forced into having to have one particular lifestyle or another, obviously. But I, no, I would, but I I would think, think there's I think, a lot of men who feel like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the reason that exists is because it is just so much harder for men to have kids if they don't if they don't have a woman around or they don't want to be with a woman. As a woman, if you want to have kids, it's so easy to just get a sperm donated, you know? You can have a female partner, you can have no partner. But as a man, it's very hard to find a surrogate to have a baby for you. So I become very aware of that, being pregnant. It's one of those things that I kind of just was like, oh, but if you wanted it enough, you could find it. And it's like, no, no, no. It's incredibly difficult to find surrogates as well. Yeah, so. no, definitely, definitely, definitely. I do remember a gay guy once having a bit of a breakdown to me about that because he's with his boyfriend, they wanted kids. He's like, it's so easy for women. Like, they just could find a man tonight, like, get him drunk and take him home. I, me, I need an oven. I was like, they're human <laughs> beings. Yeah, you need a womb. You need a whole womb. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And also the other thing, as you said, Lewis, you know, you, you change and you alter, don't you? you? You might discover you don't want kids. 
Some people do discover they don't. You know, mm. I've got I've got friends who Absolutely. who are who are, who are very heterosexual who've got to a certain age and they're constantly being pressurised to have kids by the families and they just don't. They're not interested. They want their independent lifestyles and want to carry on with it. So, but then suddenly they might decide a few years down the line. Oh my God, biological clock! I need to have kids. You know what I mean? So it just it, you you cannot. Well, you can't. You people people want to plan, but actually in reality, life. You, know, you can't plan. It can just doesn't work like that. And no. it's so dependent on who you meet at what time as well. Of course, so. absolutely. And the that's only the other thing bit. I would say on this the only other thing I would say on this question is definitely go for it and have your bisexual or bi curious fun. Because the amount of emails I get from men that were kind of like, I knew I was bisexual, but I just was like, no, I'll, I'll bury it. And then they like are messaging me in their 40s being like, I wish I'd have explored this when I was younger. So go and have your fun. You're young. Well, Zach, keep in touch with us. Let us know what happens. We'd be interested to to find out. Ready to ask a question of your own? Send an email now to info at madeinmanchester.tv and in the subject line say, for the attention of bisexual brunch, and you might get featured on a future show. Don't be shy. They won't bite. Okay, well, that's Bisexual Brunch for this week. If you've got any comments, thoughts, musings, do get in touch with us at, at Bisexual Brunch on Twitter. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you later. Bye for now. So then, uh, guys, I think we uh, we ought to be looking at this list of uh, bi-prevalent areas, really, and taking some trips around the country. Um, Cambridge, I think, seems to be the, uh, the, 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 the one at the top of the list. What do, you, what do you reckon? Trip to Cambridge at some point, Nikki? Yeah, definitely. I, I think we should, if we're going to ever do live podcast recordings, which we keep talking about, we should definitely use this as a guide map for us. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Do, do we think it is about well, people being, I mean, just thinking back to these statistics for a second about the, the areas, there does seem to be a trend there, doesn't it? It does seem to be sort of studenty kind of. Mm-hmm places doesn't it i mean not completely there are a few um things that you know push against that but generally it's that kind of place isn't it it seems to be quite fairly intelligent places obviously it's not all the students necessarily or you know might be some but it's probably that 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 the mood in that area enables them people to be a bit more open and a bit more out about it just be interested to, to get a bit more to find out a little bit more about how people tick in those places wouldn't it really that's why we've got to go do some live episodes. Well, there. yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, but actually, if you were, if you live in any of the cities that Ash mentioned, email us in and tell us why you think it's a buy hotspot or what you think is particularly good about being by there. Because yeah. I'd love to know as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So then, Nikki, what's the plan tonight? Then you you seem to be settled for the evening. <laughs> well, I mean, this is way past my bedtime, guys. I'm usually in bed by eight p.m snoring off to a podcast not our own i'm not that narcissistic <laughs> but um i and now i'm like oh my god i'm so i've been awake for so many extra hours what am i going to do myself i'm just going to fall into bed and drift away and hope the baby doesn't wake me up five times in the night which she usually does Aww. this program is an mim production remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts